You're listening to the Living Word Church Podcast. To learn more about Living Word Church and our service times, visit us online at livingwordli.org. Today's message comes from our lead pastor, Doug Jensen. We're continuing our series here on the book of Acts. And when our kids were two, four, and six, one day we were in the house and smelled like a burning smell. And we're like, what is this about? And we began to look all around. You know, you're just looking for smoke. You're just kind of smelling around. You're trying to find the area where the smoke or smoky smell is coming from. And we couldn't find anything. So eventually I just called 911 and I was kind of like really calm and chill. I was like, listen, I was like, we have like a burning smell-ish thing happening here, but it doesn't seem crazy. So she's like, hang on, sir, we're coming. And I was like, no, 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 wait, no, like, um, is there like a 911 like fire advice line? Like, I just need like, I don't think I need the whole troop. I just, we'll be there. It's going to be all right, right? 13 fire trucks show up at my house. They send five stations to our house and they were incredible but my my house is flooded with firemen now and there's people everywhere and no one can find anything they got their cameras looking through the walls and all that kind of stuff and just can't find anything and so we're just kind of standing there like we all smell burning but we don't know where it's coming from and so eventually one of the rookies spoke up and he goes okay so this may be stupid, but once in a while, it's just something so dumb. Like, uh, it's something like, you know, melting to a bulb in a light or something like that. And as soon as he said that, I was like, oh my gosh. And I looked at this floor lamp we had in the corner and it has like the, you know, the, the bowl around the, the, the lamp there. And so I go over and I just lean it over. And there I see a little two-year-old at the time, Landon's one and a half size shoe in the bulb, like melting to the bulb. And then I had a memory of earlier in the day, Landon repeatedly going like this, Landon throw his shoe up in the air, Landon throw his shoe up in the air. And one time it didn't come down, apparently it came down in the bulb. And so one of the greatest moments of my life was walking out onto the front where there was by this time hundreds of neighbors and firemen and just holding the shoe up, and everyone applauding and laughing. What a great moment that was. Well, in this series, I'm kind of like Landon, okay? What do I mean by that? Well, I'm kind of just throwing some shoes out into the crowd, if that makes sense, okay? Um, My pastor growing up used to say, I'm going to throw some shoes out into the crowd today, and if it fits, put it on, okay? In other words, if something I say today applies to you, go ahead and put it on, wear it, and own it, and use it, and put it to use. And often in a series here at the church, what we'll do is, is we'll kind of talk thematically. We'll talk about grace. We'll talk about forgiveness. We'll talk about sin. We'll talk about mercy. We'll talk, right? we, get very, we can get very thematic. And as we go through a book like this, often what happens is there are so many different kind of applications that come up out of the scriptures that it's kind of like I'm just going to be throwing shoes out, right? And maybe something I say will be for you and it fits you, so put it on. But maybe something I say will be for your neighbor, so they should put it on. And my prayer is, is that as we all leave today, we can all leave with a few shoes on and kind of apply what we've heard. So I hope that that makes sense and I hope that you're encouraged today. But we got some important questions to answer here today in part three here. First one is, question one, is consistently gathering with God's people important? And if so, why? The second question is, does God do miracles? Some of us so badly need to know the answer to that today. Some of us, uh, question three is going to hit us. Is my worship an appropriate response to what God's done for me? We're going to talk a little bit about that. Number four, did Jesus really rise back from the dead? Some of you are here or watching online, and that's really all you care about today is I'm just trying to figure out if I can really trust Jesus. If this stuff about him being a forgiver of sins and alive is something I can actually believe in. So we're going to talk about that. And then lastly, what do we do when following Jesus isn't easy? 
And we're going to really dive into that even more so next week. We're going to begin to touch, scratch the surface on that this week. If you guys could just drop my vocals just a little bit. I just don't want to blow everybody's uh, hair back today because um, we're going to get into this a little bit. So, all right. So this stuff is so important, has such huge ramifications for life. And so the things we're going to talk about today are extremely practical. And I pray that, again, we'll just put on the shoes that apply to us. And you know what? I brought up those five questions, but we're going to see some other stuff. There's even a few more shoes that we're going to kind of toss out today and uh, see what God wants to do here. But in the book of Acts, we know that the book is called Acts because it shows the acts or actions of the Holy Spirit and the early church. Who wrote the book? of Acts? Good job. All right, we're getting it, right? Luke wrote the book of Acts, and he wrote it for four primary reasons. I'm not going to get all into these, but I want us just to keep this fresh in our hearts. We've been talking in detail about this the last few weeks, but everybody say history. Everybody say theology. Say apologetics, and say example. Okay, so Luke was writing for those reasons. He wanted to record the history. He wanted to record the, the theology or the, the truths about God. He wanted to give us a defense for our faith, and he wanted the early church to be an example to us. And I just have to say, I'm so loving this series personally because as a pastor, it's so helping me. It's so helping me look to the example of the early church and say, hey, we can really grow in this, and we can grow in that. Oh, praise God, that's something that's really happening here. And it's kind of helping me a lot in just vision and what God wants to do in the future. If you missed the first two parts or one of the first two parts, I really encourage you, head to our website or iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts or videocasts. Or, hey, go ahead, check them out and, and watch it because it's so important to catch up. You could also watch it on our site. But let's jump into Acts 2, verse 42. It says, they devoted themselves. So this is about the early Christians. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together. Everybody say together. And had everything in common. They were incredibly generous. Look at this. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day. Everybody say every day. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. So there's some exciting things happening there. But it kind of helps us answer our first question. Is consistently gathering with God's people important? And if so, why? And we just saw there, yes, it's important. How many times did we see in there they were together? They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. They came together every day. They were with one another. They were connected. They were doing life together. They were near one another. And it's so important that we gather consistently. Everybody say consistently. With God's people. It's so important that we come here. Hey, amazing. You're in the room today or you're watching online today. We're gathered. That's so important. I love that they were praying together. They were devoted to fellowship, breaking bread. Um, they were worshiping together. They were generous to one another. And so this consistent gathering is so important. And I, I just, again, add, the book of Acts is a great kind of visionary like guide, guide for me right now. And I would just say as a church, I think this is something that we can grow in, right? This consistent gathering. I would ballpark about 50% of our church, I would say, 
Many of us are doing this. We're in on this, right? We're, we're here Sundays. We're in a community group or we're on a, a volunteer team and you guys are so incredibly generous. So, so I would say looking at that, it's like, praise God, a lot of us are in on this. But I would continue just to encourage you guys to continue to make gathering and being with God's people a priority because it's here that our souls are encouraged, right? It's when we're together that we find godly friendship and accountability. We find more and more out about God and apply it to our lives. We have the opportunity to be generous, to meet one another's needs, to pray for each other's needs, to be encouraged. And I love that in the early church, when they were doing all this stuff, it says many people were coming to know Jesus. There was something about this connectedness of the people of God in the first century that a bunch of people were going, I want in. I want more of Jesus. I want to know him. I want to be close to him. And I just think that's such an amazing Thing, the Holy Spirit moving. On Wednesday night at our community group, I just asked the question, name a time when you felt God's presence or you felt, as we talked the last two weeks, about the Holy Spirit, right? And I asked permission to share this, but my buddy Keith said, every single Sunday, I feel the Holy Spirit. Every time I gather with our community group, our small group, he says, that's when I feel the Holy Spirit. It's in those together gathered moments. And so what we do here is so important. And so I get it. Everybody's busy and we live on Long Island, which I'm still convinced is the most crazy place in the world to live. It's so busy and nuts. But man, if I could encourage you and if I could aim our church at something, it would be let's keep growing in our consistent gathering together because we so badly need this. This is where the Lord does mighty work. It's in these environments where he's showing up and doing incredible things. If you're a youth group kid, be at Green Room Friday nights. Be there. Show up. Put it first. Allow God to do amazing things in your life. Don't, you know, I, hey, we get busy, stuff happens. But man, let's see God do something awesome. And I, I think since COVID, although praise God, we're a lot of our, you know, I talk with a lot of pastors in the, in the church that I think it's on the move again. But since COVID, here's what I think a lot of us have experienced. I think that like weekly attenders turned into maybe like bi-weekly attenders, many of us. And bi-weekly attenders turned into like once a monthers or something like that. And I just, again, I know I'm the pastor. I'm supposed to say this stuff, right? But hear my heart. This is where God brings healing to our marriages. This is where we grow into the parents he's calling us to be. This is where friendships Form that we can support one another and walk through life together. This is where healing takes place. This is where our souls are nourished. This is where we decide we're not going to give up on God. This is where we find God, right? Like this is such an important thing we do. So again, I know I'm supposed to say this, but man, as I read through the book of Acts, I just see the church together. They're connected. They're near one another. And when they're near one another and the Lord, amazing things happen. You know, I'm happy that we have a stream. I know many people are watching the stream right now because you can't physically be here, live in another state, sick. You had to work. I know one of my buddies is watching from his office right now. He's working. He's a doctor. He's incredible. He's helping people. I get it. But here's what I would say. Don't allow the stream to become your new church if you live close to our church, right? Like, come and be a part of it. One of my friends said it this way recently. He said, you know, watching church online, man, it's good but being here is so much better. Watching church online is kind of like watching the Yule Log on Christmas, you know? Like you can still see it and it's pretty, right? And I know I look pretty today, stream, right? But it, it, there's a, something missing, right? Like, like you miss some of that vibrancy, some of that warmth, some of that heat, right? 
that happens when we gather. And so again, I'm thankful we have this dream. And I pray it's reaching people that we couldn't reach here in this room today. But I would say, don't fall back on that, right? Don't just be like, oh, it's, you know, nine o'clock. I'm just gonna watch the stream today, right? Look, oh, we were out last night. I'm just gonna, no, let's put this first. Let's put together the gathering together first. And so yes, it's important that we come consistently. And there are so many reasons why, as we just saw. Let's keep going here. One day, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer at three in the afternoon. Now, a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful. Everybody say Beautiful. Where he was put every day to beg for those going into the temple courts. First off, this is really important, okay? Notice Luke didn't just say the guy was sitting by some gate. What does he say? He said it was a gate called Beautiful. What did we see? One of the reasons Luke was writing was so that we take him seriously. And he had history and apologetics in mind as he wrote. And so he didn't just say he was sitting by some gate. He names the gate. This is one of the temple gates. He names it so that he, we know when we see specific names accurately written down by Luke that we can take him seriously, not only about the name of the gate, but about the Savior, he says, rose back from the dead. Does that make sense? And so Luke was really careful and paying attention to detail. Somebody ever told you a story, and they're like, oh, uh, last Thursday. No, wait, no, it was Friday. It was, I remember which day it was. But it was the day I took Johnny to Oboe, and I dropped my laundromat stuff off at Smithtown Dry Cleaners. And you're like, I don't care if it was Thursday or Friday or 800 B.C. Just finish the stinking story, right? But I'm so thankful that Luke took the time to get those stupid little details right. Because, again... In his mind, it was, if I tell them the accurate name of this gate, it's going to help them trust me when I say that Jesus was alive. So names and dates and rulers in the first century that Luke wrote were accurate, which helps us go, wow, we can take the word of God seriously. All right, verse 3. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. So this is the man begging at the gate, called beautiful, asking for money. Peter looked straight at him, as did John. Then Peter said, look at us. So the men gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. Then Peter said, silver or gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. Church, does God do miracles? Yes, he does. Yes, he does. God is incredibly powerful and able to do things that we can't do. And some of us are in this place today, and we so badly need the Lord to heal. We so badly need him to provide. We so badly need him to direct our lives or our children's lives. We so badly need a supernatural God to show up. And some of you are going, come on, seriously? Like God heals? Now, I, am, I, I try to be careful. If you come to church, you probably feel like I talk about this all the time. But I try to be careful not to overshare my story. But December of 2020, I was in as hopeless situation as this man who hadn't walked his whole life. Okay, I was close to death, near death. And the Lord healed me. I'll tell you my whole story another time if you're interested, okay? But I just bring that up today to say, if you see me standing here today, then you can believe that Jesus healed a man in the scriptures. Because it was the same degree of miracle. I needed the miracle just as badly as this man did. So does God do miracles? Yes, he does, okay? Some of you needed to put the shoe on today that said, hey, let's gather consistently. Some of you need to put the shoe on today that says, Yes, my God does miracles. I want to pray for a few miracles that we need right now. Okay, let's pray. Lord, I lift to you Cindy Scarallo in the name of Jesus. Would you heal her, God? 
Touch her in your power in Jesus' mighty name. Lord, Caden, little Caden, five-year-old, needs a supernatural miracle. Heal him in your mighty name, Lord God. Anne-Marie de Blanda, heal her in Jesus' name. Lord, Letitia DeCicio, Kelly Jansen, heal them in the name of Jesus. Mr. DeCicio, in Jesus' name, Lord God, tremendous healing. God, many right now who are watching or in the room, Lord, that just need a touch, God. Be that huge, powerful, mighty God, Lord. Come through marriages, struggles, provision, finances, our children, our kids, Lord. Do the impossible. We look to you, God, in your name. Amen. Our God does miracles. Some of you guys need to be focused in on question number three, okay? Is my worship an appropriate response to what God's done for me, okay? That's an important question. When we gather as the people of God, and we worship together. We sing songs. And again, worship isn't just singing. Worship is our lifestyle as well, but that's a whole other message, and we could talk about that later. But when we gather as the people of God, are we responding to him in an appropriate way? And I just want to encourage you, um, our lighting guy wasn't available today, so I was on the lights in the back there through part of the first service, and I was able to just sort of take a temperature of the room, and I just got to tell you, 930, you guys were worshiping today. You guys were going for the Lord. It felt like an appropriate response to what God's done for us, and we're going to see how this plays out in Acts 3.8. It says he jumped to his feet, right? Of course he did. This guy hadn't walked his whole life. Jesus heals him, uh, Peter, in the name of Jesus, heals him. He jumps to his feet and begins to walk. Then he went with him into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. Everybody, that's an appropriate response uh, to what God's done. Right? If someone's healed me after I haven't walked my whole life, you know I'm going to be jumping and doing some flips and probably break my leg again. Right? But like, like I'm going to be responding appropriately to what's just been done for me in an incredible way. And I just, that's my question for you today is, is when we come to church and when we gather, and hey, outside these walls too, but again, there's something special and important about what happens gathered here. Like, are we worshiping God in an appropriate way, in a way that is responsive to what he's done for us? Like, again, I would just encourage you, sing, sing. Like, we should be singing to God here in this place. Don't, don't be embarrassed. It's loud. Why do you think it's loud? We don't want to hear you and me, right? We want, right? Like, it's loud, right? Let's, let's not worry about if we have a great voice or a horrible voice. We're here to worship our awesome God. We have tremendous musicians, as the scriptures say, play skillfully before the Lord, and they're leading us. And it's not a concert, right? It, it, it's together. And, and actually, I joked about not hearing us, but but there's something beautiful, isn't there, about the collective hearing of all of us singing together. I think that's actually really beautiful. And so come and sing. Raise your hands to the Lord. Well, what's that all about? I feel a little bit weird. Like, no, just it's, it's surrender. It's, it's praise. What do you do at a baseball or football game when your guy hits a grand slam or home run? In fact, a Friday night, I think it was, one of the most awesome Mets games that I've watched on TV all year. And I tape them. I record them. And I watch them late. And my boys... Uh, knew what happened. I'm that weird guy who, like, I don't care if it's like a noon game. I'm not watching it till late at night because that's just when I have time to. And I'll watch it on fast forward, so it takes me a little, you know, a lot, lot, lot shorter. But there I am, and and Kate is half asleep on the floor, and Lan is half asleep on the couch next to me. And it's real late, and all of a sudden, Pete Alonso hits a, a game tying grand slam. Right? Every all the Mets fans are nodding along, and all the Yankees fans are like, "Shut this man up!" But but this is, 
grand slam, right? And, and my boys had actually stayed up because they knew what happened to watch. Again, Kate's half asleep. But as soon as that happened, and my wife's asleep down the hall, so I'm going, get out, get that ball out, go, go, go. Yeah, like, right? Like, like, like a quiet, Kate actually said the next day, I've never heard something so loud and quiet at the same time, right? Because I don't want to wake my wife up. But then Kate, and Kate says to me, I was waiting for your reaction, and he just went to bed. Like as soon as my, he didn't even finish the game, right? Okay, so both my arms are up. I'm like, so what? That's an appropriate response to something awesome happening. And in the same way, let's not be afraid. I, oh, I don't know. It's weird. Like, I, let, what do I do at a football game, right? What do I do at a, a baseball game? What do I do at a concert, right? No one at Madison Square Garden, whoever was playing there last night, was like, well, this is so weird. Why are we all, Right? <laughs> No, but that's actually a great question. Why are you all, right? Because we know why we are all. We're raising our hands in worship to our great God. And so don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Why? And, and it's, on, it's dark on purpose in here too, right? So it could just feel like you and God. That's not, we're just trying, not just trying to be cool. Like that's, so you can just feel like you have a, a time to be close with the Lord. And so is my worship appropriate for what God's done for me? And I gotta, we're going to go a little deeper here. Some people get mad at me right now, but that's all right. Um, I'm a late person in life, okay? I'm a late person in life. I, if I'm not careful, I'm, I'll be late to work. I'll be late to pick up my kids. I was even born three days late, okay? So literally. So I'm a, I'm a late person. But one of the things about our church culture that I would love to change, and I have to say this service is the best at this, okay? So be encouraged, all right? But one thing, you don't even know what I'm going to say yet. You're already clapping. You're like, Yeah! Maybe you're the best at being bad at something. You don't know what I'm about to say. All right. So, no, you guys really are the best at this. Um, but it's just being in the room for worship, right? Like, and listen, I get it. I'm a late person. Some of you guys have kids. If you got here to church at all today with, like, little kids, then let's just hear it for you. So this is not to make anybody feel bad, but, but this is something about our church culture that I would love to see change. It's just that, man, we are here even before the first note is played, right? Like 925, our car is hitting that parking lot. 928, we're in that seat, right? Because we're about to worship. And I, I just, that we would get out of our heads that worship's like the, the coming attraction for the message or, no, like it's an important time for us as the people 